Welcome to the X plus one podcast, where we meet you where you are with Jesus Christ and seek to take you one step closer to him. I'm your host, Luke Metzler, and today I have a word of encouragement for those who are suffering, for those who are going through and dealing with lots of pain. I don't know where you are today, where you may be or how you may feel, but let me first admit that I personally have been struggling recently. Life has gotten a lot more difficult the past few weeks. I'm a full-time student at UNC, which should say enough already, but on top of that, I'm a cheerleader, a young life leader. I'm involved in my local church, and here I am creating podcasts. So I've just I've been struggling to find balance, and it feels like as one thing goes awry, I'm just all out of shape, and that shouldn't be happening, but it has been, and my life has just seemed to be going all over the place recently. I've struggled with maintaining friendships, creating new ones, maintaining grades, all while pursuing the Lord. And then on top of that, I've been sick. I've had to deal with some very serious issues concerning some of my friends, and I've just felt overwhelmed. It's all so much. It can be stressful. It can be overbearing. And in my case, just extremely difficult and extremely exhaustive. Now, I mentioned my struggle today just to let you know where I'm coming from on this episode. I feel like I've been running my race for Jesus in his glory as hard as I can to win, like we're called to do in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. But I feel like I'm being continually tripped up and cast down on the track. The enemy keeps knocking me down only for me to get back up just to have him knock me down again. I've been getting beat up and beat up and running my race has become harder and harder. And so if you're listening right now and you feel like me, you feel like you've been running your race for Jesus, yet you are down on the track right now, struggling to keep going, maybe even questioning to keep going, I want to encourage you today. Today my message is building off of last Friday's episode calling us to check our focus. We cannot endure any trial without full fixation of our eyes on Jesus. And so that message on Friday was as much for me as as it was for you. And I've been encouraged by some tremendous people around me to the point where I believe that I can firmly encourage you today in your walk with Christ. So, to the one suffering today, are you surprised? Like, come on, why are you surprised? Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised with your suffering. Don't be surprised with your pain. When you look to scripture, you won't find one verse that says you won't endure suffering. There are so many verses, however, on suffering and how we should look at it. James tells us to consider suffering pure joy. Brothers and sisters, when, not if, you endure trials of many kinds. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 5 to rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 4 to rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So we have three different authors, three different prominent names in Scripture telling us to rejoice in our suffering. Scripture will also tell us that if we truly abide in Christ, that we should walk like he walked in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, which means that if we're walking like Jesus walked, we're going to be taken through all that he went through. So it's, it's not an if-then when it comes to suffering. It is a when-then. Suffering is inevitable on this earth. I mean, it's brutal. It's not fun. Suffering stinks. But don't be surprised. It's biblical. And there is no one I'd rather suffer for than Jesus. We're all suffering for someone or something. It may be ourselves, our job security, our family, our spouse, etc. 
But there is no other rock that I would rather stand on and suffer for than the rock of my Lord and Savior, the one who holds the gift of freedom and eternal life through the blood of his son. Now, why is knowing all this important? Why am I saying all this? I'm saying all this because we need to know that there is a purpose to our suffering. If we don't know the purpose of our pain, why would we endure it? How could we rejoice? How could we take joy in our suffering like we're told to do unless we knew the purpose behind it? This is why mental health is at its all-time worst and people are taking their lives at an all-time rate. People see their pain and they don't see the purpose to it. In Jesus, however, there is purpose in our suffering. We are suffering for him in hopes that one day he will dwell with us and us with him and that Revelation chapter 21 verse 4 He will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. No more pain, no more suffering. This is the hope that we look to in Jesus. I think it's important to understand that people will endure suffering with purpose. Women will go through the pains of childbirth knowing that their suffering will produce a beautiful baby. We will go through the pain and the soreness of lifting weights, knowing that our suffering will turn to strength. Athletes train tirelessly with the purpose of being a champion in their respective sport. Even those who just work, they work really hard and in many cases suffer so that they may provide for their family. Similarly, we as believers should look to our suffering and know that its purpose is for endurance with Christ and our future hope with Him. Our pain has purpose. Your pain has purpose. I think Paul answers why we suffer and endure pain and also further provides the purpose of it in Romans chapter 8. So in Romans 8, beginning in verse 18, Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. These two verses, verse 18 and 19, remind me of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, where Paul writes of our affliction as being light and that it is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Paul sees our pain as minimal, as minimal in comparison to the glory we will experience in eternity with Jesus. Now, as we keep reading, Paul will answer as to why we suffer. Verse 20. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Here's what Paul is saying here. He's saying that we suffer because of the sin of Adam. When Adam sinned in the garden, the world was subjected to futility and pain. We suffer because of his decision in Genesis, his loss of focus and trust in God. Now let's keep reading. Verse 22. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Boom. Stop right there. Our pain has purpose. That analogy I made earlier about the woman willingly going through childbirth is used here by Paul to describe all of creation. Paul has personified creation now twice in this passage, and he's doing so in order to show that all of creation longs for the day of Jesus' return. That production of a baby 
metaphorically is representative of Jesus's arrival and the end to all suffering. Let's keep going. Verse 23. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. So we, along with creation, long for our salvation to be complete in Jesus. We've already been saved and adopted through Jesus, but the idea of it being complete is found in us receiving the redemption of our bodies. Bodies that won't endure pain and suffering. A body that won't have to battle cancer, chronic disease, skin conditions, or illnesses. The word pain will cease to exist in our vocabulary. That is our hope. That in this life, the pain we endure is for a greater heavenly purpose. It is so that we may receive the redemption of our bodies through eternal life with Jesus. If you are listening to my words right now and you are in great pain, remember this hope. Cling to this hope in Jesus. Jesus Christ is worthy of your suffering. Say it until you believe it. Your pain is purpose because in him you await an eternal glory far greater than your affliction on earth. Let's keep reading. Verse 24. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Ending there in verse 25, I want to encourage you to have patience. Be patient. Be patient in suffering, having knowledge of the hope that you hold. Think of that verse in Psalm 27. Verse 14, it reads, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. If you're enduring pain right now, continue to endure. Continue to have hope in what you cannot see, which is faith. Keep the faith. Keep your faith in Jesus. Now, if you're like me, you hear the words, be patient, and you're like, how? I've tried being patient, and my life keeps getting worse. I've waited on God to the point where I wonder if he's even there. Does he even care about me? Or maybe you're thinking you just don't even know how to be patient. Like, how does one wait for the Lord? Well, Paul goes on in Romans 8 to answer this question. And I believe he answers it in two ways. Firstly, he tells us that despite our inability to be patient in suffering, the Holy Spirit intercedes and helps us. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. We know God's sovereign will, but in our confusion for his specific will for our daily lives and our suffering, it can lead to prayer that honestly questions God. And you may be there right now. You may be saying, why are you letting this happen, God? Why does it hurt so bad? Lord, deliver me from this situation. Heal me, Father. Help me, God. Maybe you were hurting so bad you can't even begin to formulate words. And all you can do is collectively groan towards the Lord and a cry for help. It's in these moments in our weakness and vulnerability, that the Spirit intercedes for us to give us what we need. So the first way to be patient in your pain is to understand that you can't do it alone and to allow for the Holy Spirit to be your helper in times of need, and hopefully at all times. Now the second form of patience that Paul describes here is a remembrance and reliance 
of God's everlasting love. Paul reminds us in verse 28 that all things work for the good of those who love God, for those who were called according to his purpose. That verse alone, Romans 8, 28, reminds me that there is purpose to my every step as God is continually working all things out for my good, even in my pain. But Paul takes this a step further by making a declaration of God's love for us. Starting in verse 31, he says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Pause right there. What things is Paul talking about? Paul's talking about the opposition that we face, the tension you feel, the persecution you face, whether from unbelievers or from the enemy. He's saying that it doesn't matter what your circumstances look like, no matter how poor the odds are, how great your pain is, with our God, who can be against you? With God, who can defeat us? Who can be against us? Paul continues by saying, verse 32, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Wow. Wow. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God, presently interceding for me and for you. You think he doesn't know of your pain? You think he hasn't felt your pain on the cross? That word interceding is in present tense. Notice it doesn't say interceded there. Jesus did intercede for us when he died on the cross, but he still is to this very moment. He is fighting for you, interceding for you amidst your pain, amidst your struggle, working all things for your good. What great love that is. Let's continue. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Whew, that fires me up. I'm, I'm going to read this one more time. Verses 35 to 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors in Christ. Let these verses hold true and prominence in your suffering and your pain. Whether it is a trial, or it's stress, persecution, lack of provision, shame, or physical danger. Nothing, absolutely nothing can separate you from our God. Paul says that in spite of all of these things, we are still more than conquerors because of him who loved us. Paul's reference to Psalm 44, 22 shows that those willing to stand for Jesus will face pain and will face suffering. Again, like I said earlier, it reminds us not to be surprised by suffering. Don't be surprised. Being a Christian doesn't mean you're exempt from suffering. What it does mean, however, 
is that you're exempt from hell. Luke 10, 20 says your name is written in heaven and you need to remind yourself of your eternal resting place as you endure your struggle in your temporary resting place. You are more than a conqueror in Christ. Now Paul finishes by saying, verse 38, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whew! I'm going to read it one more time. Read it with me. Believe it with me. Verse 38. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus our Lord. Your present circumstances cannot separate you from the great everlasting love of Jesus Christ. The purpose of your pain can be seen when you look at these verses and remind yourself that you are abiding in a perfect, never-ceasing love. And you're looking toward that hope of that love wiping out all pain and all suffering from this earth. So take heart. Take courage. Paul is 100% sure that nothing can separate us from our God. Absolutely nothing can separate you from his love. There is purpose to your pain. Be patient and wait for the Lord. Remember who is interceding for you and remember the everlasting love in which you experience. God will turn your pain into joy. He will turn your mourning into dancing, your weeping into rejoicing. Trust in him, lean on him, and rest in his perfect everlasting love. In Jesus, you have no lack. Your Father's got your back. He will turn it all around. Whatever it is in your situation, whatever pain you are facing with, whatever you are struggling with, whatever your trial, he'll turn it all around and make it beautiful. Why? Because he's working all things out for your good. Our God is working all things out for your good. So take courage today. Be encouraged to continue to endure, to consider it pure joy in your pain and your trial, looking to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, understanding that this light momentary affliction that you're feeling fails in comparison to the eternal glory that you will have in Jesus Christ. There is purpose to your pain. I love you guys. God bless.